0: All right, welcome back to the seven generation podcast. This is your host, Dr. B. Today's a big show. Uh, The first show of 2023. I have actually uh, taken a little bit of a hiatus from podcasting. I've been doing some other content and it's related to podcasting. It's related to all the different topics that I'm interested in and all the hobbies that I have. But I wanted to get back to this kind of straight podcasting platform, but I wanted to do it a little differently. I wanted to invite a guest, a co-host, and that's who I'm going to introduce to our show today. Vian, welcome to the Seven Generation Podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Coach. <laughs> <So>, i <I'm>
0: nervous, <laughs> but I'm here. <laughs> so Vian is going to be uh, our new co-host, and we're going to be doing this at least a couple times a month. And I've been wanting to co-host for a while now, and I've been thinking about, you know, somebody who was a good, would be a good co-host, and I I really gave it some thought, and I I really um, felt like you would be a really great addition to the show, and you've been on the show previously, so I'm really happy that you agreed to do this, and I don't know um, how nervous you are, but you shouldn't be (laughs) nervous at all, it's a... um, I mean, we don't have a massive, massive audience. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who do listen and my, my audience, I will say they are very loyal listeners. I do have a lot of people who are very, uh, interested in the things that I have to say. And I really wanted to get back to this. I've had a lot of people reach out and say, Hey, you know, when are you going to do another podcast? And I've been doing a, a lot of YouTube episodes, a lot of content now on uh TikTok. And I just started really uploading a lot of stuff to uh, my new YouTube channel, Dr. B teaches sociology, but I wanted to get back to this and I wanted to invite you on the show. And I am just like super excited to have you as a co-host. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the listeners.
1: Oh, um, um, then, um, coach Bernard's my jujitsu coach. Um, I do martial arts. I did a little bit of Muay Thai doing Kung Fu right now. um, extensive i guess years of uh, kendo japanese fencing i know that real well like bit of a foodie or i just like to eat so i go out eat a lot <laughs> uh, yes you do <laughs> i have a interest in arts like fine arts photography films so i'm always reading and watching films yeah you're you're kind of a lot like me you have a lot of hobbies <laughs>
0: you, you enjoy doing a lot of different things yeah. And so what's that like, uh, balancing <coughs> all the different hobbies that you have?
1: Because <laughs> that's hard for me sometimes. <laughs> oh, well, at least for me, um, just try to set up a schedule, really. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to get back to skateboarding, but it's been raining, so we can't go to the skate park. Yeah. yeah but really, I read about it. I, a different hobby, I just start reading on it, just like devour any books I can find. Yeah. But just really uh, prioritizing too what's important. Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. I try
0: try to do that as well. You know, probably not as scheduled as you, but you know, I definitely try to prioritize now in my life, what I want to do and whatever it is I'm doing, I want to make sure that I really want to be doing that particular thing, whatever that is. And I I just don't want to just be doing whatever. And I think I lived a lot of years like that. So my hobbies are definitely uh, a big part of, um, my life enjoyment, I guess. And you know, I, I enjoy work. I, I, I love teaching, but I, all the different hobbies I do are adding a lot of value to my life, and I'm assuming it does the same for you. Yeah,
1: definitely. <clears throat> I feel like um like life didn't really start until I hit 30. That's when I've lived more purposely. Like yeah. When I hit 30, that first year, I just focused on photography. So I was with um the gallery here. I had some artwork up but i really just focused on that because that was something i really wanted to do as a kid that i couldn't do because um yeah financially we weren't able to or whatnot so then i focused on that so every year since i was 30 I, I, well, i've well been focusing on something learning something doing something new so really like everything prior to 30 was like in like a video game would have been like a tutorial yeah like 30 yeah. is when i really started living so it's been what 11 years of really living right now.
0: You know, it's interesting that you say that because I, I kind of feel the same about my life, too. My 20s, I just spent so many years in school just trying to get my my education right so I can, you know, find a pretty decent job and do the things that I felt I wanted to do professionally. <clears throat> and when, you know, you're going to school, you're going to graduate school, it does suck up a lot of time. I really didn't have any hobbies at all. I wasn't doing anything in my, my twenties. I mean, it kind of, I, I think back at it and I was just like such a, um, a, uh, a nerd. <laughs> I was just oh. in school <laughs> and not a bad thing by all means, but, you know, I kind of realized, I think in my thirties, you know, it's not, that's not the way I wanted to live. Just focus on work and being a professional. Like, yes, I want to be a professional. Yes. I want to work and yeah, I want to make money and and, you know, support my family and what have you, but I, I felt like, man, there's just other parts of my life that were just really um, lacking outside of work, you know, gotcha. just not having enough time to, or, or I shouldn't not, not say not having enough time, not making the time to do some things that I really wanted to do. And I, I, I kind of started doing that more, way more in my thirties then more in my forties. And certainly now that I've hit 50 you know, I'm all about that. I really do feel like, man, the clock is ticking. I got to do the things oh, I want to do now.
1: Definitely. Like, yeah. That kind of resonated with me too because I always like had an excuse like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. But really, we never really have time. We yeah. just have to make time for
0: what we want. <clears throat> that's, man, it's spot on. You know, people say, that oh, I don't have the time. And, you know, I do not have the time either. Um, I, I make the time. You yeah, know, we just make the time for what we want. Yeah. And, you know, I have people who... Who would tell me that, and you know, I don't try to give anybody a hard time, but I, I think I use that excuse a lot too. Oh, I don't have the time to do this, I don't have the time to do that. Now, even though I'm feel, I feel a little overextended every now and again, I make the time to do the things that I want to do, whether it's reading. You know, sometimes I'll just read for two minutes a day if that's all I could get just two minutes, a couple pages, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I feel like I when I finished grad school, I kind of stopped reading for pleasure. And I started getting back to that recently and now I just, you know, I make myself sit down and read a little bit every day if I can, you know, and then of course the jujitsu, I I love doing that. And I know I can't do that forever. There's going to come, there's going to come a point in time where I can't do that. And hopefully no, it won't be anytime soon. And so, you know, I make the time to do that. I have, you know, the gym and, you know, other things, other hobbies that I have, but yeah, just gotta make the time and you, you I think you how you how you were putting it, you kinda schedule your, your time. That's probably what's <laughs> probably a wise <laughs> thing to do. I mean I guess yeah. I kinda have a schedule, but <laughs>
1: Oh <it's laughs> no, not really. yeah. Like jujitsu, I really wanted to get back into jujitsu not twenty 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 two. I really want to get back into it. Yeah. So before we used to have a five thirty class and at that time when we first had that five thirty class, I was in my head just thinking like There's no way I'm gonna go to 5:30 in the morning, go to jujitsu, and then go to work, and then go out through the whole day with that like exercise in the morning, like being up that early. But last year, I've I've been able to do it, and this year I'm been able to do it too, like more consistently. So I'm trying to fix my schedule really or change my schedule so I can do that in the morning. And do you get tired at
0: all? I mean, like, how do you feel when you just like? I know you work, and you know you have. Obviously, you, you family life, you know, the different hobbies. Do you ever feel sometimes like, man, I'm just kind of tired,
1: kind of worn out? I think like um, sometimes you do feel like you need more sleep. But yeah. But like during the day, I don't actually feel tired. Like, oh, that's a blessing. It's actually like a opposite. The days that I do go to jujitsu in the morning, even though it's five in the morning, now I have to get up at four to get ready to go there and be there at five. I'm actually um, more energetic throughout the day. I'm probably like around eight o'clock ish. That's when I'll start to get tired, which is good though. Then I can sleep early, wake up early the next day as well. So that, that kind That's of works fantastic. out fantastic. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's been times where I've gone into the gym in the morning with Dave and I'm out of there. And I'm like, God, oh, man, I feel great. And there's times when I'm like, I'm so exhausted the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably just because, you know, I'm not used to it. I don't, I haven't trained myself to, to do that. What do you think of uh, Jocko Wilnick's 4 a.m. thing? Have you ever tried that?
1: I haven't tried it, but I know, like, (laughs) I've seen his uh, Instagram post where he, like, showed a picture just of his watch, like the time that he did his workout. But no, I, I haven't tried that. Yeah. It's funny because I did try it, I think,
0: during the pandemic for a short time. And, uh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> anyway, I gave it up. <laughs> I
1: think it's, it's easy to give up on the whole waking up in the morning bit, just because, especially when it gets it gets colder. Yeah. It's nice and warm in bed, and you're like, oh, yeah. do I really need to go to Jiu-Jitsu today? Oh, I can go on Wednesday. Yeah. Or I'll do it later.
0: You know, I I heard him talk about that 4 a.m. thing, and, you know, people were saying, well, I can't get up at that time. I got, you know, I work late or whatever. I think kind of, you know, the whole point of what really what he's trying to say is like, you just need to get up and do something. You can't just, you know, if you're going to get up at seven, then get up at seven and start doing something. Yeah. A lot of people get up at seven and they don't do anything. They just kind of lounge around till 10. There's three hours gone, wasted. And but I heard him talking about that, you know, some people will can't wake up at four in the morning because they're working. They need more sleep or what have you. And. But yeah, I, I like the whole idea of, of staying busy and getting things done. But then there's there's part of me too. I kind of go back and forth with that, and I feel like that just feeds feeds into that whole mindset too. You always got to be doing something. You always got to be grinding. Gotcha. And I don't know. I don't know how do you feel about that? Because I'm not so sure that's what we need to be doing either.
1: No, I don't. I don't think we need to be grinding. Say we were up 16 hours of the day, like every yeah. Every minute of that sixteen hour we should be grinding. But if we have a goal, like we want to do something, say I want to go to jujitsu, then I really should get up and go to jujitsu. Yeah. Like when I planned that to go to jujitsu the day before, a part of me really wanted to do that for some type of goal. But then in the yeah. morning, another part of me wanna take over, like the the lazy part, I guess, or the instinctive part, the part that doesn't want resistance, like, hey, just stay in bed, it's easier. Yeah. Start to take over. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Um, I know that that's kind of like a big part of our, our motivational push. Now I see a lot of stuff on Instagram and I'm on social media a lot more now than I was a couple of years ago. And you do see a lot of the motivational stuff and gotta be always, you know, grinding and doing something. And I think that's good to a certain extent. And then I think too, like, you know, you could get so caught up in that and not really just be enjoying life too yeah, definitely you know it's important to enjoy life as well i know you're you're you you're a foodie and you like to eat and you like to go <laughs> out i'm sure it's got to be enjoyable that is yeah you know it's got to be fun it's nice <laughs> like good conversation right with the people that you eat with and yeah it's got to be that's a good time yeah but you're doing something that you enjoy enjoying. doing yeah so I think that's what we need to do more, you know some I think feel like the motivational thing sometimes I feel like it's just more about like making money, yeah, having
1: possessions, and I, I think, I, yeah, definitely, I and I think, so like you and I, we have a lot of hobbies, yeah, we set up time frames or we kind of enjoy doing those hobbies, so then when we do those, it's not really for us like grinding, right it's really we're enjoying that time now I mean we do need time to rest. Which we understand, too, because then, like, if our bodies hurt, we won't be able to roll as well, and we won't be good training partners either. Might get injured, might be worse.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know me. If I I do start to overextend myself and I get too busy at work and I get too busy at the gym and I'm training too much and I'm not sleeping, I get sick. Yeah. My immune system, you know, gets ravaged eventually, and my body just gives out and I'm catching a cold or, you know, something worse and— you know, over the years, I've had some pretty bad um, colds and flus, things that have lingered partially because I'm just overdoing it. And, and I don't think that that's ever a good thing. And you know, I have people I work with. won't mention names, but <laughs> people I work with. And there are these people, like, they brag about answering emails at 2 a.m. in the morning and waking up at 5 a.m. and just right away hitting the computer. And I'm just like... Is that something to be proud of? <laughs> Maybe that's their like their joy in life is to wake up five <laughs> in the morning. Hey, man, I get <laughs> <District> to work. <laughs> but it's almost like a, this badge of honor. People want to, oh like, yeah, like oh, I'm a hard worker. It's like I don't even know if I want to be a hard worker <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Not that I don't want to be a hard worker. It's that. I think out of what I've realized about work, and I don't know how you feel about this, but this is something that I kind of have been thinking about. I just okay. feel like I've seen, as I've gotten, I've gotten older, I've seen people pass away. And I've seen people who are just like, man, they dedicate everything to their work, mm-hmm. and then they pass away. And then there's a really nice email that is sent out about them, and some nice things are said about them. And then their job is replaced in a couple of days, and somebody else takes over. Yeah.
1: And they're just kind of forgotten. No. Definitely, especially with um, what happened with COVID, I'm sure everybody has somebody that lost within their yeah you know, their their work environment, um, not even work, but I was just for me working because I used to work for like 12 years in the same like organization, and then people would work for like 30 years and retire, and sometimes like I see these people, like they've been waiting for this retirement, but their body is so like. They put so much into work they're not they didn't put any time into themselves, so what are mm. they retiring into like how many good years of their life would they have left in their retirement to actually enjoy it like that's real? What, what's the point if when you retire you're gonna have maybe you're gonna do half the things you wanted to do?
0: Yeah, I don't wanna be that dude. I don't wanna be that guy, no. Uh, and that's why I tell myself, just do the things I want to do now. Don't, don't say, well, when I retire, I'll do this. And when I retire, I mean, who knows? I don't know if I'll make it to retirement. Mm -hmm. We don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of unforeseen events that can happen. And I think COVID, it was a good life lesson. Certainly for me, I made a lot of changes during COVID. I really did in terms of just thinking differently about my life. I think that's one of the changes I've made in, in my thinking is, you know, not waiting not thinking well in the future i'll do this five years down the road this is what i want to be doing no should do it now it's like why wait it's um you know it's a tragedy you know all the people who have did lose their lives especially people who were fairly young and you know fairly healthy i know you know most people who did die uh, were people with pre-existing conditions and you know had some some health issues and thankfully we didn't have a lot of Children who passed away, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think we all kind of know somebody who, in the workplace, somebody in our family, that you know their lives were cut short early. I think that's was what kind of pushed me to kind of think differently, you know, and just be be more about you know the present moment and what can I do now to make my life fulfill, you know, fulfilled and to you know make my life, you know, have value as yeah. opposed to thinking well down the road i'm gonna be doing the things that i really want to do now i just um kind of throwing that whole thing out the window now i'm just like no, i'm gonna do the things i want to do now right now yeah. today and <clears throat> but yeah it's kind of it, it is def it's hectic you know balancing work and you know i have the gym you know we, we moved to a new location definitely a step up from our previous spot and it's just uh a really beautiful thing. I'm really excited about the opportunity to continue to do this, but it's also, it's kind of scary too. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of responsibility and I definitely wanted to get more done over Christmas break. And I did it and I felt a little bit of stress and I'm like, Oh man, I oh. hope I didn't take on too much, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Like I keep telling myself, this is what I want to do and I enjoy it and I want to continue to do this. And I, am really happy about this move that we made at the gym. And I think we're going to be Okay. I think we're going to be okay. So, yeah, but it's definitely a, a big move, you know, for me and it's just so crazy. Like in just such a short time, I've made all these different changes and done these different things that I never thought I would ever do, like own a business and (laughs) yeah, it's wild. (laughs) It's really wild. So, but you know, it's not about the money. It's just about the adventure, I guess. And, um, you know, obviously I don't want a financial strain, with the gym, so I want it to do well financially, but yeah, just yeah, it's been definitely an adventure, and we'll see see how far we can take it Vian,
1: oh the gym? <laughs> well when we the gym you know survived through covid I mean we did a time, right it did so, shockingly, I mean,
0: people like yourself and others were really just so supportive of the gym, wow. and it's just crazy like where we came from, like I started off at John Cho's kung fu school with a couple of fold-up mats i saw the
1: instagram <laughs> post when you had that up
0: yeah, yeah and then it's like we went from there to this little box
1: <laughs> this uh,
0: <laughs> industrial place and survived covid and now we're in this really pretty commercial location it's all sanitary <laughs> <laughs> with indoor bathrooms
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's nice though i mean yeah, it's it different. is nice. Yeah.
0: It's different. It definitely is different. And there's a part of me I'm I I um I definitely I miss what we had and then and then I'm like, Yeah, but the indoor bathrooms. I <laughs> guess <laughs> the indoor
1: nice. No, you had to walk all the way around having the yeah. rain or whatever it yeah, is. Right, I <laughs> right. I could only
0: imagine what it's like over I mean, we when we left that place the roof was leaking. I could I know the that roof was all leaking. the roof wow. was leaking. I'm so glad we got out of there before it started raining. <laughs> it was bad. It was a mess over there. It it was really bad. But yeah, the gym has been the big move for me in the last three months. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, my job, it's always interesting teaching. And then, you know, the motorcycle club, that's something that another hobby of mine that I really stepped up this last however many months, 13, 14 months and uh, I've just been having fun with that. I rode like around twenty thousand miles on my bike. Twenty
1: <clears> thousand, yes. Wow.
0: Been all over the state of California, <laughs> Washington, Oregon, and been to quite a few places. So it's been been fun. Been that's been really really enjoyable hobby. And because of the rain right now, oh. which is crazy, I've, like you're skateboarding, I haven't been able to go out and ride. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's too dangerous out there to be riding in this weather. So I've kind of – my bike is in the garage just sitting there waiting for me. Oh. <laughs> but okay. It's got to clear up at some point, right? Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought we would talk about um, this uh, topic here I've been thinking about for a while and wanted to get your thoughts on it, obviously. But dealing with negative people – the negativity bias and just this, you know, idea of negativity that obviously we all got to deal with negative people sometimes, right? In the workplace, sometimes ourselves, sometimes the, or the negative person is, you know, we're looking in the mirror and we're looking at it, right? Yeah. Um, and I've definitely have made some changes over the years in terms of, you know, dealing with with uh, my own negativity because everybody has a little bit of negativity, I think, and i um, but kind of pushing negative people out of my life and whatnot. But anyway, I just want to get your thoughts. Like, what do you think about negativity and the world? And, you know, I know you're the kind of person who cares about, you know, obviously people (laughs) and the well-being of others. And you do probably see a lot of negativity in the world. So what's your thoughts? What what do you think?
1: Mm, For me, at least I know like, um, other people's negativity needs to affect me a lot. Like, I'll just like, I'll get sapped into it too. And then I start getting like, I start feeling the same way they do. Yeah, um, I know lately I kind of like, not like a barrier, like I'll acknowledge what they're feeling, but I won't let it get into me. So for me, for the most part, I know like I've kind of not, I kind of know who's going to be like negative. Some people are just plain negative. You can tell them something like positive and then they'll just jump right into like whatever's negative about it. But for those people, I just acknowledge it and kind of, not let it affect me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one, you know, because you, you just can't escape negative people. They're It's all, all over, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I was reading up on the negativity bias and, and how just being around negative people can rewire your brain. It's just really crazy. Yeah. And it just, it's kind of frightening. Like just being around ne- people who are negative can actually rewire the way that you think about the world, can actually make you more negative. And just and it's very powerful. And, and I was reading about the the evolutionary reasons behind that. And apparently, well, not apparently. I mean, if, if you think about our ancestors and and how we lived in nature for all these thousands of years prior to, to industrialization, you know, we really had to be attuned to negative events, right? Negative, uh, you know, situations were a matter of life and death. So if somebody said. Hey, there's some lions over there yeah. <laughs> you <don't lie>. lurking. <laughs> you were going to pay attention to that. Yeah. Even if there weren't lions over there, if somebody said that, Hey, there's lions, you're going to pay attention. You're going to be like, oh, what's going on? You know? And you're, yeah. you know, and so, you know, it would, it would, you know, create a little bit of <clears throat> anxiety because you needed that for survival. It was a survival tactic. And so we always had to be attuned more to negative talk gotcha. and negative situations because it was a matter of survival. Now you fast forward to a modern society. Now you can see how negativity can be not such a good thing. Right. And how it can negatively affect your life. But yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Like we're more, we're more apt to, to not just listen to negativity, but to believe negative things.
1: Yeah. And I know like, um, like gossip. I know like there's some people like the whole, some people I know, where they kind of, like, um, bond by gossiping. Yes. So, like, they'll meet, and all they do is they gossip about whoever, and that's how they bond. Like, that's their bonding is yeah. gossiping. So I, I kind of, like, Googled it, like, why do people gossip? And then, again, it's, like, back back when maybe that was necessary, so we know, like, you know, maybe this person is a certain way and stay away, or that person might be a, you know, liability for us as a yeah. group. But nowadays, really... I don't know. What is it? It's still
0: continuing. It's a type of, I think when it comes to gossiping, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've thought about that. I feel like it's kind of like a social glue too. You get together and you hang out and you talk shit (laughs) about people. People. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a messed up thing, (laughs) but it kind of brings people together. Uh, But you're right. And you can kind of see like maybe if there's a problem with some individual or somebody in the community or what have you, yeah, it's just, I, I, I trip out on it, but yeah, I really try to move away from negative people since COVID hit, especially. And you know, there's just interesting, you know, you, you, you have been around, you know, people who will, you know, talk kindly to your face and then say negative things behind your back. Gotcha. And I think that's one of the things that just was really, I just hit that part of our humanity it, to me is just so horrible. Like, You know, if you don't like somebody, it's like, you should just say it to them. If you can't say it to them, you shouldn't even say it behind their back, you know? And, you know, I've encountered like some situations lately where people have told me some really terrible things that people have said about me. And these are people who I kind of thought maybe were even my friends, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of, it, it hurts a little bit. But then, you know, reading up on the negativity bias and reading up on, you know, the science of negativity, it's kind of easy to understand why people are that way. It's just kind of messed up, but, you know, I kind of get it, even though I think it's such a scourge in our society. I just think it's just, it's everywhere. You yeah. know? And the problem with it too, is that, you know, politicians, they've tapped into that part of our brains. They've been able to manipulate us by using fear because fear was an important part of, of our humanity when we lived in nature, because you needed to be have fear. If you didn't have fear, you're probably gonna get eaten by an animal. Yeah. You know, you need to have some level of fear. And so politicians use it. The media uses it. You know, that's why there's so many negative stories because when some type of story is put out there that has some type of negative element to it, whether it's a murder or somebody died in a tornado or, you know, some child lost its life in a flood that makes people pay attention more so than the positive story. That's kind of, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And they're just like all this science that shows that, you know, like the media, they know they have to run X amount of stories that are negative because that's how they get their viewership.
1: Gotcha. And they need their viewership for mm-hmm. ads, for ads, <laughs> for money. Yeah. It's yeah. all about making,
0: making the, 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 um, the money that they, you know, need to be competitive. So yeah, it's just kind of that that part of our our humanity. But I think if you if you learn to understand it, I think even learning about the negativity bias and and learning to like you said, protect yourself from it and stay away from negative people. But the whole idea that just simply being around negative people can, can rewire you. your brain. Gotcha. That's a scary thing. That really is a scary thing. And so you got to really just be around around the kind of people that you want to be like. And if you're not, you're going to end up being, you know, hey, you know, the, um, you know, my mom used to always tell me, you know, you got to be careful who your friends are because, you know, people are going to think you're just like them. If they're yeah. doing bad things, they're going to think you're doing bad things. Well, it's the uh, same thing with, you know, negative people. If you don't want to be negative and you're hanging around negative yeah, people, it's going to be hard not to be. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah,
1: I wonder if there's any type of like, uh, so the opposite, say if um, you know, you're know you around somebody that's always positive, someone's always looking on the bright side of things or yeah. someone's always pointing out the mm-hmm. other side of the, you know, because there's always, if there's a negative, there's probably a positive side of things too. Does yeah. that affect like our, would that rewire us a certain way or? I think
0: so. I think that's what some of the research <laughs> is, but then there's that flip side there is that flip side. There's a book. I can't think I'm the author right now. She she authored Nickeled and Dimed. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? She just passed away. Her first name is Barbara. I can't think of her her last name. She wrote Nickeled and Dimed and then she wrote a book about happiness and positive psychology. And she okay. kind of she kind of um did a critique of positive psychology and she said that, you know, the whole idea of positivity is problematic. So oh, she, gotcha. she went the other direction <laughs> and talked about, because, you know, so many people are just want to be positive and, and because it's so easy, it's so easy to become negative because the way that human beings are wired, yeah. that people recognize it and people won't, don't want to be that way. And so positive psychology has really just taken off recently in recent decades. And, you know, how to, how to be positive and, you know, the affirmations and whatnot. I mean, yeah. I get caught up in that stuff too. I mean, I, I do. I, I, and she was really critical of positive psychology and this idea of positive thinking, gotcha. how that's problematic as well. Always looking at the bright side. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the name of the book, the bright yeah. side. I can't, I, anyway, I'd have, no words. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, her, her book was really an eye opener And man, she was really critical of this new aspect in psychology and that, you know, always being positive, (laughs) her argument at least is not (laughs) always a good thing. There has to, and that makes sense to me. It's got to be balanced. Like, you know, negativity has its place too, because you need somebody too to also say, Hey, there's a problem here. You know, we got to fix this problem or else it's going to result in whatever issue. Yeah. So, I mean, ho- being positive is not, and that's according to her, is like sometimes you can't look and see the problems that are in front of you because you're always looking oh, you're at right? the positive okay. side. Yeah. It's just going to work its way out. You know, it's like we just got to think positively. <laughs> 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 gotcha. No. That, that's that's equally problematic, yeah. which I, I trip on. And it makes sense to me. Um, although I would rather be more positive I guess than I would to still always be that <laughs> negative guy because I, I had this dude I was in in I was I've been in in, in two motorcycle clubs and one that I'm I am in currently and I was in another motorcycle club and there was one guy and he was all right we were friends I don't talk to him anymore but and partly because he's just always negative oh Always negative, and he's just like, "Well, that's who I am, and I have to, you know, bring up everything that could go wrong," and and that that used to just drive me crazy. I don't know how you feel about that. (laughs) Always Always. looking at the, always looking at every little thing that could go wrong. (laughs) Well, this can happen. Have you thought about that? And I'm like, yeah, but you know, that's not going to happen. The chances of that happening are very, (laughs) very little. But what if it does happen? It's just like. I don't know. You could just get caught. What if, what if, what if? Caught in the what <laughs> ifs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what if it doesn't? <laughs> you know, but he used to say, he used mm-hmm. to, um, uh, I don't want to say he bragged, but he kind of was like, I'm that
1: kind of person. I look for the things that could go wrong. Yeah. Sound like uh, some type of law enforcement person, maybe? Because, <laughs> like, from what I understand, like, cops would go into like a restaurant and sit with their back against yeah. the wall so they can see everybody and things like that because they're always looking for what can go wrong yeah in every situation well that was this dude <laughs> and he used to drive me bonkers um
0: but it got to the point where i was like man i can't deal with this guy because he was just so negative negative. and he would say that you know he was just trying to figure out you know what were some of the things that were problematic about whatever whatever things that we were doing, you know, things that could come up. And I think that's good to a certain degree, but then it could get to the point to where you're just being, you're just stalling.
1: You're just throwing up roadblocks. so We can't get anything done. It's kind of like, um, how I think some of us might have like some kind of goal or something we want to do, but then we think of like the, the cons to it. Like, Oh yes, I don't have enough time. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do this because of this or, I got to wait for this person to help me do this. so I can do this instead of it's like an excuse almost for us not to take action towards what we want to do. Yeah.
0: I I think you just hit the nail on the head. And it's like, if you just think about all the things that could go wrong, then you're ever going to do anything. I mean, I would just like wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to do the gym. If I just sat and thought about everything that could go wrong. Yeah. I'm sure there's like an endless list of things that could go wrong at the gym. I mean, it's raining right now. The roof could cave in. What would I do? Is my insurance good enough? You know, somebody could get hurt. I could get sued. I, you know, I mean, it could just, it's endless. And I think, do I really want to sit and think like that all day long? If something happens, I'll deal with it. I'll handle it. Yeah. And I used to try to tell them that, look, if something comes up like that, well, we're smart people, we'll handle it. But How? (laughs) <laughs>
1: but how? <laughs> oh boy, that used to just drive me crazy. But yeah, he's well, a contingent plan for every. Conting- if, yeah, <laughs> you a, have a contingent, contingent plan for everything. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. I mean, you know the the live stream could
0: end right now. What are we gonna do? My I don't know. My my uh, road podcaster Pro could just start smoking. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, I don't know the the um that kind of personality, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's always a good thing to be the positive dude, and I think there there's definitely problems with that, but just being around negative people, I'm just done with it, I really am, and you know, just you know doesn't even have to be just saying negative things, just having that energy as well. some yeah. people just kinda have that energy. Yeah. not to be, you know, critical of any particular person because I can't even think of a person that I'm speaking of, but just in general terms, yeah. But, yeah, it's something that I definitely have over the, the years of really trying to push people out of my life that, you know, I just don't feel like are a very powerful force. And, you know, I want to work with people like yourself who I feel like, you know, I can actually accomplish something with. And stay away from people who are just, you know, not really looking to do something in a good way. And, or maybe they're just kind of stuck in some, you know, negative rut. Yeah. And I've just, yeah, I mean, I've worked with a lot of people like that over the years. And I've dealt with family members like that, friends, and whatnot. And I just feel like, man, I don't have enough time left in my life to deal with it anymore. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, but yeah. Other than that, you know, I've been doing this TikTok thing, um, and I just started on. T- I, I created a TikTok a long time ago, and mm-hmm. I tried to do it, and I I sucked at it. Vn, <laughs> I was like, TikTok is stupid, <laughs> it's lame. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I threw up a TikTok, I don't know, maybe a, a few months ago, and then. I tried to do another one and I couldn't get, I couldn't get it up. I, I could not get the, the, the footage up that I was trying to upload something. I couldn't get it to go up, whatever. I just said, ah, forget this. Yeah. I let it sit. And then finally about three, four weeks ago, I, I came back to it and I'm like, well, let me just post some pictures. That's pretty easy. I'll do some motorcycle club stuff. And so I started posting motorcycle club content on there. Just some pictures of my club, my you know, club the Pacific Savages, and some of the events that we've been to that we put on, and I was kind of learning how to do it then. And I wasn't getting any traction with it. I wasn't getting any kind of following. A mm-hmm. few people here, or there, maybe yeah. a few views. Like, you know, like I mean, it was pretty pathetic. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> sad. <laughs> but then I posted this video, this one minute TikTok on. Uh, some Native American history that I felt like needed to be shared. Yeah. And, you know, I've taught American Indian studies in the past. And I taught American Indian studies for, shoot, how many, um, you know, 15 years. Let's see here. Bar- Barbara, yes. Uh, Enrique, thank you. Bright-sided, yes. Toxic positivity. Toxic posit- positivity. That's right. Yeah. John Nelson what is this my podcast John Um, (laughs) so for those of you who are listening to the show on Apple podcasts or on Spotify we are streaming this on YouTube as well so we can um, people can ask questions but so I started this TikTok all right I posted this this video this history I felt was really important and man it just hit boom I got thousands of views on it. Wow. I was just really shocked. Yeah. And it just like blew up for me, like in my, in my, in my, (laughs) in my, uh, in my head anyway, for somebody who, you know, doesn't do, well, I guess I do a lot of stuff on, on Instagram, but I don't have a big following on Instagram. I think on Instagram for the gym, I have like 1,200 followers for the podcast. I have a couple thousand. But I did this video, and man, I just started getting just thousands of of views, hundreds of follows, gotcha. and hundreds of comments oh, wow. on the video. Yeah, and so I posted another one and posted another one. I just started posting a bunch, just history, Native American history. And do you do TikTok? I actually don't do TikTok at yeah. all, so
1: I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's really weird. TikTok yeah. is a trip. I <laughs> I don't even know how to fully use it. I'm sure I'm not even getting the most out of it. But I do see how it can get you sucked in because there's a big TikTok community, obviously. Yeah. And they're very talkative. Very, very talkative. And yeah, definitely. It's just uh, It's just been a really interesting... Adventure for the last month, posting these little one-minute videos on TikTok,
1: and the response I've gotten—I'm
0: i, I I'm close to—I'm closing in on ten thousand followers.
1: Wow! On TikTok, on TikTok, in less than how long? In, in less a than couple?
0: a month. Wow! Yeah, less than a month. And I've just been busting out these these one-minute videos and throwing up some native philosophy. The whole idea is just to kind of show people, you know, what happened in this country. You know, some of this stuff is pretty heavy content too. It's pretty heavy, pretty horrific stuff. And you know, some of it is just the philosophy, some wisdom, some Native American wisdom. And then I start, started throwing it up on on YouTube. Okay. And then my YouTube subscribers just started j- just jumping yep. up, and you know, I'm I'm uh, I have over six thousand oh, subscribers. Wow. You know on the on this channel currently right now, <laughs> <laughs> which I have I have five people listening to to us but yeah this channel just kind of blew up as well and i was just throwing up you know some native history and just these short stories on this channel dr b teaches sociology and the response has been really really great and you know going back to this top i'm gonna come full circle here but going back to this topic of negativity Man, TikTok is negative. Is it? There are some like racist people on TikTok. It's wild. Just some of the things <laughs> I've heard, the terrible things people have said. Wow. And I've even found myself saying, here I am sitting here saying, I'm not getting sucked into the negativity, yeah. right? Well, I've found, my, found myself battling it out with people on TikTok, getting really irritated and upset. And I've had to block people, a few people. It's not like too bad, but some people say some pretty horrible things pretty terrible things about, you know, my, my ancestors. And it's just pretty awful, the racism. Mm. And it's very, it's a very negative space at times, but I do see how it could be a good thing as well. So I'm trying to balance that. That's, I guess, that's the thing is I've told myself, well, I want to stay away from the negativity, but I have really put myself out there. My face is out there on YouTube. Like one of my videos has over 400,000 views. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, how many people I have people who recognize me like yeah. out, out in the street? Yeah. I have these people like uh, uh, that meet me in my club and they're like, Oh, I've seen all your videos and I love your content. Wow. And you know, they want to take a picture with me. It's just really weird. <laughs> oh, <I'm a> celebrity. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird. It's, I don't even know what to think about it. Um but yes, BC, uh bright sided, uh, Aaron Reich. Um and then the topic is yeah po- toxic positivity. So you have obviously toxic negativity, and you gotta le- you get a lot of that in in um, TikTok. But for whatever reason, I've just kind of blown up on on TikTok. At least for me, I mean, for me, that's blowing up like ten thousand subscribers in less than thirty days.
1: That's pretty that's good numbers, no? I think pretty so. High.
0: I mean, I, I feel like it is. And I've done some live events on there, and I I, I enjoy it. It's fun. I, I do like it. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Cause I know you put yourself out there. You're, you, you, you are a food critic oh. <laughs> and you do put yourself out there in a way. Um. So how do you feel about that? Like putting mm-hmm. yourself out there?
1: Well, I do do the um, the Fresno food guy, but I don't ever, I don't really actually put my face on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then I used to be like real, I guess negative. Cause I was, this is way back when I had, it was only on Yep when I was like, critiquing people's food or like restaurant my, my restaurant experience with them. And uh <laughs> I put like a bad a negative, negative pretty bad review for this one place and then it went out of business like two weeks later. And then I felt bad. <laughs> Yeah, I felt real bad. I'm like, oh, you killed. I don't rest. know if it was like my review that got them out of business, or if, if it was really just bad, and it wasn't good that they had. A business. It probably was just bad, but still funny. <laughs> but it was like, oh gosh, there's like consequences to my reviews. So with President Fuga, I don't, I don't really post anything bad. If I don't, if I ate somewhere, I don't like it, I just don't really share it. Yeah, but if I share it, I mean, I think it's pretty good. It's people it's, should go try it. out But I. Try not to put too much.
0: Yeah, when well, we did the podcast together, you did say that you didn't say, you don't say too many
1: negative things yeah. about the places. <laughs> yeah, it won't be up there. It was bad. But other than that, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to go. And I'm enough. sure you've had to have had some places where you're like, oh, I don't really like this. I had a couple, I think we never really walked out of any restaurants except for one where we came in, they put us on a wait list. And we were supposed to get a table. It took a really long time for us to get a table. Then it took a really long time for them to take our order. Actually, no, they didn't take our order. And then we saw people coming in after us, seated, and had their order taken and everything else. We just left. Yeah. And I was like, maybe the worst review I left, it's on, it's on Yelp somewhere. If you find my name, you can probably read it. But wow, well, that's terrible. I mean, I'm sure there's got to be some places that are not
0: not quite the best. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of, um, you know, people reaching out to you, you, I mean, you have to get a lot of that. I mean, you have a lot of people Uh, who follow you. And it's funny because, you know, there's people who I'll follow who have nothing to do with the gym.
1: And I'll see that they follow you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some some folks do ask me like, um, where I go for my or where I like for tacos or my favorite taco place or yeah. things like that. And I just That's tell, cool. I, honestly like you know I like this place and I'll tell them why I like this place. But you know there's other places you can go to. Yeah, but uh, so how is
0: that going? Your your um my food? Box? Yeah,
1: uh, I kind of slowed down because I, I took a big pay cut, <laughs> so I can't go out and eat as much. <laughs> So let's Can we let's, uh, can we
0: talk about that at all?
1: Your switch over? Yeah. I think we yeah. can. It's
0: not Okay, we well let's well, let's yeah, let's jump into that. So you made a switch in, in jobs, yeah.
1: Professions, kinda. Yeah. Tell us about it. So I worked twelve years for the courthouse. I never really like I didn't it's not like a job I really liked, but I needed money at that time. And I still like the whole time I did the job well, I move up, but it's still like it's like Eight hours of just being empty, really, because it's not not what I went to school for or anything like that. So then COVID happened. I was like, oh, I can, like, my skills aren't transferable. Like, and like, I don't really even like this job. Like, there's no point here. And then I hit 40. So then I was like, do I want to work here another 20 years and then retire and not be happy with the 20 years I've used? And I mean, I I guess I could have maybe moved up higher. Maybe a manager or something. But, I mean, is that what I want to do? Like, wait till I retire and do what I want? So then I'm like, you know, I'm just going to apply for different jobs. And it's not like it was the first time where I thought about leaving that job. But I guess COVID and being 40 kind of, like, pushed it more. Yeah. So what are you doing now? So now I'm working um, as a probation officer. Very nice. And that's something I thought about before, but I didn't do it because I, w- I think i was scared yeah scared i was gonna get hurt i was scared you know, i'm talking to these people they're they're felons the criminals i'm not ready for that that was like a couple years back maybe but i don't know i have a lot of training so for the most part i'm okay if we're in a room one-on-one and they are already been screened for weapons yeah but so i started that just not even year, six months only yeah. so do you carry a weapon um it's an arm position but I have to go through a lot of training. There's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of training involved before I'm actually armed. Yeah. So right now I'm, um, I just have, have a, OC like pepper spray. Oh, okay. But eventually it's an armed position. So. You, so eventually um, you will be carrying. Yeah. Yeah. Are you making visits? Um, right now, no. They all all the contact is with them coming in to the office to visit and okay. talking to the office. Eventually,
0: but will you be making
1: visits? Eventually, yeah, we would be going out and. Compliance searches and things like that. Wow. So how do you like this so far? So far, um, it's because there's a lot of politics involved in it too, I yeah. think. I think because before, and I'm learning all this because I'm not a crim major. I was an English major. So I'm like trying to catch up by reading all these different like uh, textbooks on, on the field. So like it's kind of go back and forth. Like I guess in the 80s and stuff, it would just hook them and book them. Yeah. Not really, just make sure, like, you know, they're not violating the violate, pop them in. But yeah. now it's kind of going towards, like, we need to rehabilitate, understand, like, what's wrong with each individual, well, not what's wrong, but what e- each individual need help in, which area in their life they need help in. Yeah. And prevent them from recommitting. Yeah. So going Trying to keep
0: line. the recidivism rates yeah. as low as we can get them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of... Right there. That's where we're going, where the department maybe wants to go. But I think there's a lot of folks that have been there, at, you know, when things were different. So it's hard to get the, everybody yeah. on the same page. So it's like anything else, I guess, is people Change on Change is side. hard. Yeah. Change
0: is hard. I mean, especially for, you know, our criminal justice system. You know, people have such very concrete views about what we should be doing. Yeah, And, you know, I think that we haven't quite figured out exactly how to handle our prison population, first of all. And then of course, you know, we have a lot of folks who are going to get out of prison eventually. And I mean, the best thing is to get them going in something good and positive. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, the system is definitely rough and, I feel for anybody who's involved in the criminal justice system, um, I, I really do. I feel for all, all folks who are a big part of it because I, I think that to a certain extent, it's like the system is just to keep you a part of it, you know, keep you going in it. And um, yeah, but this has been a big move for you and you took a pay cut. <laughs> So, how big of a pay cut we talking about? I mean, you don't have to give us numbers, but <laughs> I can give I can give a concrete number. I'm not yeah. like, I
1: was making that much before, but it's like like thirteen dollars. They cut. Oh, man. An hour? <laughs> an hour, yes. Not oh, that month. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then like, uh, my retirement, too. Like
0: 13 I, a month, it wouldn't have been bad at all, VN, but 13 <laughs> an hour. Bang. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely some food, right? That's, <laughs> that's, def- a, that's a lot of food. <laughs> that's a lot of food
1: right there. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of reviews, man. <laughs> yeah. So that and actually my retirement, I went down from a, a different tier or two, but I think so far I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. I mean, I'm still in probation within probation cuz it's a whole year. But I've been learning a lot. Um, learning a lot really on on. Stuff that I didn't know about like um psychology stuff like uh what is it? Uh they call it CBT, cognitive yeah. behavioral therapy. Oh, okay. And things like that like different ways to kind of talk to people, get them to think differently yeah. and maybe perhaps change how they're living. Yeah, maybe they can see the, what you know what the choices are doing for them. So what's that called? Cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy. therapy? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I've read up a little bit on that. Yeah, you know, I'm a sociologist, but I, I love psychology. I really do love psychology, and I enjoy reading up on just how the brain works, and you know the different things that we can do to kind of rewire our thinking. You know, it's yeah. not not an easy thing to do, obviously. Sociology, you know we're more concerned about understanding just how society is structured and social institutions and whatnot, and obviously the individual within the social institution, but I find psychology to be really cool, and I try to stay up on you know a few podcasts that deal with a lot of psychology so but yeah, so are you liking this job?
1: um yeah, so far, I really like it. I don't mind like talking to the folks coming. I actually enjoy talking to them. Um, I enjoy the training, the, the physical. I know like some folks don't enjoy the physical training part, like the yeah. self-defense and like the firearms training. I never had firearms training, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And the,
0: and the martial arts training, I mean, you've done so much martial arts over the years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've done, well, name all the different uh, forms. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say
0: forms, though. Oh. different martial arts.
1: Well, I, Oh, uh, I did karate like a semester at personal state like, okay. my last semester because that's something. Well, I always wanted to do martial arts, so I did it there, and I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. And then the sensei or the teacher there at the time was like, you know, it's lifelong, like, uh, like journey for a yeah. martial artists. So I'm like, oh, well, that's that idea of being lifelong, like, really, like, struck me. So I'm like, I need to find something to do lifelong. Um, I did some kickboxing too at Fresno State because they did have that at that time. But after I finished college, I'm like, I need to do, I want to do martial arts. That's something I always want to do. Right. So Fresno, I actually have like a kendo dojo. Like kendo is Japanese fencing. Yeah. And I remember as a kid, I saw like on National Geographic, like they had like a kendo person with a mask and all the armor and everything. And It's very like mysterious. Like it was it attracted me as a kid. So I went to Kendo and then like the fees weren't that much. So then I stuck with that for like 12 years. Nice. And then I wasn't training as much towards the end. I was like more in like a teaching position. And there were things like that I wanted to do before, like I just get in that type of position. Like I wanted to do some like learning computer stuff on the side. Um, I will, I also felt like, even though I'm doing martial arts, I can't really do anything unless you give me a stick. Yeah. <laughs> There's no self-defense there. <laughs> I mean, like the ultimate, well, I guess not the ultimate, but like, I can like get myself not in those type of situations where I have to fight somebody. But if it does get to that point, I don't, I didn't feel like I could protect myself. So that's when I started Muay Thai. And that was fun. And it's kind of like kickboxing too. And it's good conditioning. Everything. Muay Thai is awesome. Yeah, and I never knew like I can sweat that much in my life. Like, we just wringing out my shirt with sweat. And then I took my sister to a self defense class because she was like um, starting high school. and I wanted her to learn some self defense. Yeah. So I have a friend that like he's an Aikido sensei. He also teaches self defense. And from that, I was pinned on the ground, and I was I was helpless. I couldn't do anything. So I was like, I oh, need I need to change this. So that's when I started jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, and you've been training
0: jujitsu with us for what, three, four, oh, off and on? Off and on. Off and on, yeah. And you're a blue belt, <laughs> blue belt in jujitsu. And um, yeah, so you're well, very well rounded. You have a lot. I mean, you've done kung fu yeah, as well.
1: Started that recently because I wanted to learn from well, Sifu Cho because he was going to retire. Yeah, but uh, it looks like he's not retiring. He's still here. He still it was supposed to be a six-month thing, but he's still here, so I'm still learning from him. Sounds like John. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love you, John. <laughs> well, I have my one of my buddies on the chat here. So, Ride with Primo. What's up, my man? How we doing? And one of my club brothers. And we have Alfred Red Crow. How you doing? Um, again, we're live here at seven Generation Podcast. I'm here with my new co-host, Vianne. And this is uh, the first show, 2023, and we're going to be doing this this format at least a couple times a month and we'll see how it goes. I am definitely enjoying this conversation right now, and I hope everybody who uh, listens to this is, enjoys it. You guys can reach out to both VN and myself. I am on Instagram, Seventh Gen Podcast. If you would like to follow me there.
1: And then you are... Uh, I have the Fresno food guy. That's, Fresno food guy. Yeah, you can reach me out there.
0: Yeah. And I'll put the the links there in the show notes. I'll, I'll put our handles. And then, of course, now I am on, I'm on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube, obviously you know that I'm on YouTube because you're probably going to watch me here. I have my channel, Dr. B Teaches Sociology. And I have another channel. Uh, it's uh, seventh generation now, and that's basically just my motorcycle club and my uh, jujitsu stuff. But here we're just talking about. Well, obviously, we've talked about mm-hmm. jujitsu, just a little bit of everything. I guess it'll just depend on where I decide to put the YouTube, um, our podcast. I might put some on this one. Like this one's going up on Doctor B teaches sociology, and then maybe another day I'll, I'll another podcast. We'll throw it up on the, We'll focus more on jujitsu. I'll throw it up on the other one. And then I have the TikTok, my new TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blowing up on TikTok. <laughs> and my TikTok is titled Merciless77. Merciless? Is Merciless77. merciless Yeah. And you'll have to go there to, you'll, you'll see why I titled my TikTok that. Uh, there's a particular reason. I did a video there. And, um, but yeah, check it out. It looks like we have another, uh, says, where did most of the natives on the trail of tears come from? That's a good question, Ender. Um, you know, what's really interesting. So, so Vienna, I've been doing a lot of stuff on a lot of my content recently has been native American history. Yeah. And that is a really outstanding question. And what I'll say this uh, anywhere from. 80 to maybe 100,000 indigenous peoples east of the Mississippi were were removed from their homelands to Oklahoma Indian Territory what they called Indian Territory and most people you know they think of like the trail of tears involving the Cherokee that happened i can't remember after the 1830 Indian Removal Act so 1838 i believe is the year that the Cherokee are forced to walk that trail. Some of them leave early, but there are so many different tribes that are forced to leave the East Coast and they're forced to move out to uh, Indian Territory out in Oklahoma where they said that they would have the land as long as the grass grew and the river flowed, of course the land would belong to them and of course they wanted Oklahoma too, right? But yeah, so they came from all over, all over the East Coast. The East Coast was very populated among Native Americans, very interesting. A lot of Natives and the East coast and those tribes were very numerous. And of course, you know, with diseases and warfare and the constant arrival of Europeans, the numbers, you know, they, they, um, dramatically decreased. And of course, you know, when the United States is created, there's this push just to just rid the entire East coast of native Americans. And so that's where you get the passage of the 1830 Indian removal act, but there's just so many different tribes that are removed. And of course, there's still a lot of tribes that still exist in their homelands. And, you know, they they struggle to maintain their, their sovereignty. And they, you know, still exist even today. But yeah, there were anywhere from, again, 80,000 to 100,000, the exact numbers. It's hard to say. And who knows how many people died along the way. They always give, I always feel like the estimates that we get, I think there's a, political reason why we want to keep those estimates low because we don't want people to think, Oh, we just complete the government just completely slaughtered natives. But pretty much that's what they did, Mm -hmm. you know? And and that's kind of what, when I'm doing this TikTok is just, man, just the stereotypes about, uh, indigenous peoples. It's just really, it's ugly. It's really problematic and what people believe in the lack of education. So it's kind of inspired me. I feel really inspired right now to do this, to do this. And I know, I know that, you know, it's TikTok. It's not real education. I get that, but I feel like I can, I've, I've created a little bit of a formula where I can plug in a lot of information in a very short time. And if people want to do the research and they want to jump into it, at least they'll have some dates. They'll have some topics and they can go read a couple books on it. And if you guys can always hit me up too, if you guys want to know what to read, I'll let you know what I read. I'll let you know what I'm, where I'm with the information that I'm, you know, Putting out there where I'm getting it, and you know I am an academic. I am a I'm a sociologist. I have my PhD in sociology. I know how to do research and whatnot. But a lot of the stuff that I do, know, you know, a lot of it I didn't learn through reading. I learned it through talking to people, talking to people, the descendants of the people mm-hmm. who experienced some of these tragedies. So, so my thoughts uh, on the residential boarding school system. Uh, do you know do you know anything about the residential boarding school so I know'm sure I know you know a little bit. I just know a little bit. yeah, yeah, well, my thoughts are are um, are numerous. I mean, maybe someday you know I can give you the report that Deb Holland did. Deb Holland is the Department of interior. she she runs that department now, the first yeah. Native American to run it, and that's the department that deals with all all Native American issues. so, they did a, a study. You know, it was about a year long study, and they put out a report. So maybe I can send it to you. You can kind of read through it, and then, and I can do the same, and we can come talk about it. Okay. You know, kind of talk. Maybe we can do like a more, a more detailed discussion of that. But just kind of some general thoughts. Alfred is obviously the residential boarding school is a terrible, terrible uh, chapter in in. American history here in the United States and, of course, Canadian history as well. Obviously, thousands of kids are killed in these schools, and you're talking about brainwashing. You're talking about just some awful things that I don't want to get too much into right now. But, yeah, it's a terrible, terrible uh, history that lasted for uh, about 100 years. And it's, it, the, the devastating effects of the boarding school system are still being felt today. The historical trauma, you know, the destruction of Native cultures and or the attempted destruction of Native cultures and a lot of the the socioeconomic problems that I think Native people have today, a lot of the historical trauma, psychological issues, high suicide rates are a result of this history. And what's really messed up about it uh, is that you know, we just can't um, seem to really educate the the general public about really what happened. So I guess that's kind of like what I'm inspired about right now is just to put stuff out there that's digestible in a short time. It's not just to shock people because some of the stuff is shocking, but people need to know it. People need to know that, hey, you know what? This government attempted to completely destroy natives. Mm-hmm. I'm working on some history right now in British Columbia where— the the Haida and the Shishshimian people, along with uh, the and other First Nations people in that area, where, you know, basically the the settlers there were trying to kill them off with smallpox. And I'm working on a on that history right now. This is a history I I didn't know about. I've only learned this recently. And one of my my um, TikTok followers he turned me on to it. And so he's like, "Hey, man, you gotta learn this history. Yeah. Maybe you can do something on." I said, "Yeah." I said, "Tell me a little bit." And he was just sharing some information on it, and I was just like, oh, "I gotta, I gotta know more." And this this history is horrifying. I mean, we're talking about anywhere from you know thirty thousand—that's like a low number—to maybe maybe as high as a hundred thousand people were were killed with smallpox. You know, weaponized smallpox. It's really just a scary, chilling history, really chilling. And I'm just learning about it just so it's frightening. So, um, your TikTok is fire. Uh, yes, they're short, but they are at least a real conversation going. Yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. Um, you're doing a good job, brother. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you, brother. I really, really do. Um, says, is there a group of educated Natives trying to get the U.S. government to uphold the treaties? You know, I would say this, that there's all around the country, you know, there's Native people, really great leaders in all Native communities who are really trying so hard to uphold their rights, fighting for their rights. You know, people always say, oh, you know, the Indian Wars were over, you know, at Wounded Knee 1890 when, you know, the Seventh Cavalry slaughtered the Lakota, but you know, the Indian Wars still are going on today. Sometimes it's in the courtroom. Sometimes it's, you know, it's still out there in the homelands, like at Standing Rock and, you know, where some of these pipelines are built or Kea, some places where the, the spiritual sites are being disrupted anyway. But yeah, that's some of the stuff I've really been think getting, getting into mm. a lot Ian, And, and some of the stuff is just heartbreaking. Some of the history is really, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to read up on. And just so disturbing, but I really do enjoy putting it out there. I enjoy like sharing it with people and starting a conversation. And at least, you know, people, people know a little bit about some of these, these histories. And I'm trying to find like stories that are not as well known. Yeah. A lot of people know about things like uh, the Munini massacre. Although I did do something on that because the anniversary of it came up, um, December 29th. So I did do a short tick tick tock on it, but you know, there's some stuff even in regards to that, the history that I've been telling some things that I know that I want to share, just trying to find, you know, the, the right, the right way to share it. Cause it is heavy. It's heavy duty stuff. And then, you know, some of the good stuff too, like, you know, the philosophy and the wisdom, cause I think we need to get that as well. Yeah. But it is, a, I, I've been tripping out on, um, do you have an email? Yes, I do. You know what? You can email me at uh, 7th Gen BJJ at Gmail. 7th Gen BJJ or 7th Gen BJJ G- at Gmail. Yes.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm <laughs> I'll put sure somebody it, will. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> but, you know, I need to, um, yeah, that's a good email to, you know, it's my gym. That's for my gym, but um you can email me there. Yeah. Um but yeah, I appreciate the comments about the TikTok. I do. And I I'm gonna continue to do this. It says right here, uh I'm Alaska, Athabasca native, and just found you. Thank you. Thank you, Ender. I appreciate that comment. And I really I hope you continue to uh watch. Um check out the TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but check it out. I do kind of upload Uh, the content in both places I'll make little minor changes but I do I am uploading stuff in both areas and I would love to do something on Alaska at some point in time so hopefully I can I can do that yeah but I I appreciate appreciate you listening And, and Alfred yeah you can reach out to me you know, I mean, I've gotten some really good suggestions on the part of people. TikTok, are, the, the people there are cool. The community's cool because some people have turned me on to some history that I didn't know, too. They're like, hey, have you heard of this? And I'm like, yeah, I have, but you're going to have to refresh my memory. And then they, they, you know, will send me a link to something that I can read. And I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just been interesting. And I mean, obviously, you know, you can see a lot of nonsense on TikTok, yeah. That's Instagram too, right? It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. There's <laughs> nonsense everywhere. It's like how you use it. Um says I learned history from other tribes. Yeah, you know, I, I like to learn all the history and you know, I like the stories that for me, Vian, yeah. I like the stories that are have been buried. The ones that you know, you don't, don't you know. it's hard they're hard to find. Those are the ones I, I get turned on by and the ones that really, like, awaken me. The ones that need to be retold, too, because there's some type of unresolved issue with it, you know. The biggest issue for me, like, with a lot of the the massacres and some of the things that I've learned about them, and I'm going to be working on a, another, some history in regards to one particular massacre that happened and what they did with the dead bodies. And I had mentioned in the the video that I had done about how they... They use their skulls and these crania studies, oh, right? Yeah. Some that. pretty heavy stuff, man. Just like such a, uh, but you know, there's there's worse. There's stuff that I left out of that. That's even worse that they did, and and the stuff that you know, there's there's testimony on the part of soldiers that were there, who you know, the Sand Creek massacre. That's the massacre I'm referring to, and I didn't mention the TikTok, and I want to do a part two because there were about a hundred soldiers who refused to engage in that massacre. They were like, no, I'm not going to go kill women and children. I'm not going to do it. And a lot of those, those soldiers, they, they basically ratted out the, their, uh, their brothers, you know, said, Hey, these guys committed crimes. And, but nobody was ever convicted. Nobody ever went to jail for that massacre, you know, I mean, the, the, that's Sand Creek I'm referring to. And, you know, if you look at Wounded Knee, I mean, they gave, I think, 20-something Congressional Medals of Honor away to soldiers who killed, you know, women and children. Yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate it, uh, Andrew. Uh, but I would love to do something on Alaska at some point in time. I'm definitely not as familiar with that history. But feel free, like I said, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, seven gen podcast or, you know, on TikTok, and you can, you know, send me some information, um, if, uh, want me to do something, but yeah. So yes, yeah, so pe- people are interesting cause they'll, they'll tell you, Oh, you should do this or you should do that. So I got a lot of really good ideas for stuff I want to do in the future. But my focus there has primarily been native American history, but there's a lot of history that I, I know, you know, I did something on, uh, what's his name? Um, Tabera. he was killed in the Watsonville riots of, of 1930 I did a um, a short YouTube video called uh, the Watsonville riots and then I did something on Filipino nurses and yeah. that stuff I really enjoyed doing I posted on did you see it on, on Instagram it. Yeah. yeah and you know I did something recently on <clears throat> Native American warfare and yeah there's some stuff I've been doing just kind of playing playing with I guess it's not the great, it's not great. The content is not the greatest, but, um, in terms of like, you know, the production production wise, but you know, the more I do it, hopefully I'll get better at it. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like doing these one minute videos though, they're so they're easy for me to do. And I feel like I get a lot out there and just not waste any time. No fillers. Just here's the facts. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been exciting. So we're at we're at, we're at one fifteen, man. So, <laughs> Vienn, man, this has been so much fun. Um, I I hope you're gonna enjoy being my co-host.
1: What do you think? I think so. Yeah, yeah this is great. This this flows. Yeah, it just flows. We just kind of go from wherever,
0: <laughs> and that's kind of what I, I want to do. And um, yeah, I mean, we didn't get much into my motorcycle club. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Maybe more about the gym. But the plan is, y'all who are listening to the show. Is that we're going to try to get some topics and we'll make sure that what we do is, you know, we share our topics obviously with each other that we can prepare for the show. And then maybe I'll put some stuff out there on the Instagram, uh, some gen podcast to let people know, Hey, uh, this is what we're going to be talking about before, and then we can share the link. So if you want to watch us live, you can watch us live. And we do have, actually have seven people who are watching us live. But this will be put out to the entire world. I mean, it's put out to, there to the entire world right now. But we'll um, make sure to put it out on, um, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. When I upload it, it goes everywhere. So <laughs> it's pretty
1: cool. But yeah, man. So any last words here for tonight? Um, just on the last bit where you were talking about, like, auto native history. Is there like a native history book that you recommend? Kind of like I know, like I learned a lot from like what is it, the People's History of the uh, United States? How Howard know, Zinn, Howard Zinn, brought up yeah. all those the, the stuff that we weren't really taught in school. Is there another or the book that you would recommend in that kind of scene, you know the People's
0: of? History, the Indigenous People's History of the United States? It's actually kind of modeled after Howard oh, Zinn's okay. book, and that's by uh, Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz. She is a pretty well-known historian. She works at um, East Bay, uh, CSU East Bay. So she's a historian and she wrote a book probably, I would say maybe 10 years ago, the indigenous peoples of the United States. And it's pretty, as a history, as a history book of the terrible things that happened in this country, it's a phenomenal read. Phenomenal. But that's just one of several, but I would say that's a pretty good one if you want to learn history. If you want to read a book on the genocide and you have to be really into the stuff to read this book, it's called American Holocaust, American Holocaust. Maybe that's something we can do too. We could read a book. You can read it. I can read it. And we can talk about it. You know, we can do something like that in the future by David Stannard. That book, oh, it's just, it's just chilling. It's really, really chilling. I like the live stream setup. I appreciate that. thank you uh I like it too. We have you know nice, comfortable area here, and um you know my good friend vN and you know good content, good conversation <laughs> but those books vn those are really two, two two places to start if you want to learn about just the horrible some of that stuff is just so i I can't even fathom. Just how we could ignore the history and just how terrible it, it was yeah. for you know it was you know and i I think you know everybody has a story there's a lot of terrible things that have happened throughout human history, but you know we live in a country where you know we we tend to to prop up our national heroes and we tend to celebrate imperialism and yeah. you know, and and settler colonialism and I, you know I'm, I guess for me that's kind of what my intent is now with the channel kind of with the TikTok, is to challenge that a little bit to get people to think about it. I'm not trying to, you know, people say you're spreading hate, you're spreading division. No, I'm not. I think that, uh, there's a lot of division already. Uh, you know, I'm not spreading division. I'm, I'm looking to kind of set the record straight and trying, I'm trying to humanize, um, humanize indigenous peoples and, you know, we're, we're real people and we're, we have you know real pain historical trauma but also too you know there's a lot of us that we're we're doing all right as well you know we're doing good and you know i'm doing well i know a lot of natives that are doing well it's not all bad yeah and but the history's bad <laughs> yeah the the history's bad there's a lot of triumphs too there's a lot of wins as well and the struggle is going is ongoing the the indian wars are ongoing and the struggle is ongoing and the fight we're still in the fight and that's kind of how I look at it, you know? So, but yeah, I guess we can, you know, we can talk about that. It says right here, history, rest of the world needs to know what happened. I agree. I agree, Alfred. I think people need to know. And it's not to make people feel bad, but to understand where we're at today, to understand our current situation, you, you have to know, you have to know. And I know some people just don't, this stuff is hard to grapple with. And, but I definitely feel really good about what I've done recently in this short amount of time. And I just have so much more that I want to share in regards to that. And, you know, maybe what I can do is I can talk about, I get a chance to talk about, well, I talked about the height. I haven't released that one yet about the Haida in the city, the town of Victoria, the city. It was like a, a fur training town of Victoria, and that's where this terrible epidemic broke out, and how they use smallpox just to basically clear the land of natives, so they could steal the land. I'm working on that; it's coming, mm. and then I'll throw it up here on YouTube as well. So, but but yeah, I mean, I really do appreciate you, Van, coming in on, on the show, and um, we'll uh, we'll get you back here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Coach. There's the audience. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm you. super excited to have you on the show. Like I said, this is really super, super cool. And, um, you know, maybe over time, too, we'll just kind of get used to each other. And then what we can do is we can put somebody here in a third seat. We'll add, oh, yeah. a, we'll add a guest, and we can just go at them. <laughs> 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 or we can get somebody here with w- the cool thing about our setup with, like, Restream. We could actually get somebody in YouTube
1: to join us. Yeah. Oh, it be on their and Right yeah. here.
0: So we could be sitting here, and then they're there wherever they're out and out there in the cyber world. Gotcha. And we'll bring them into the show. Nice. So we could do that as well. There's all kinds of options. But everybody, <laughs> my outro music, this is the Seven Generation Podcast. I am Dr. B with our new co-host, VN. What else you got, VN? Oh, I don't have much just <laughs>
1: having to be here for show done. <laughs>
0: yeah, this, uh, <laughs> this show um, is kicking off again, 2023. And uh, we'll be back real soon. Check out the show notes for our information and whatever else that uh, um, we want to put out there. Uh, I'll throw it up in the show notes. And I'll put some of those books as well in the show notes. Sweet. That way, you know... If, you know, somebody, um, you know, wants to get the exact copies of these books to start reading and, uh, but yeah, this is seven generation podcast and I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate the four of you who are left <laughs> on YouTube we, and what we'll do next time we can announce it. That way people will know that we're on the show. Anyway, that's it. Seven Generations podcast. Peace.